There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Oh boy, I'll tell you what, if you are anything like me, Mondays are either your very favorite day of the week or your least favorite day of the week. And I vacillate, you know, most of the time it's my favorite day of the week because I'm longing or or pining for you. But sometimes I just wish the weekend could go on like a little bit longer. And I really have no right to, to feel that way because, I mean, come on, compared to most people, my job is a piece of cake. And a, and a quick eat, too. But I, I just, I didn't have enough rest this weekend. I, I had a lot of stuff on my plate, and I was able to get it all done. But I just ended up not being relaxed, you know. And that, that, that's, a, that's a kind of a, a, a real challenge for me. I'm going out to L.A. next week for a brief trip. It's my granddaughter's birthday and I want to be there. I miss enough birthdays all the time, but I really can't go for long. So I'm like literally flying in the day before her birthday, taking her to Harry Potter world or whatever it's called, Potter's Field. I don't know what it's called, but that's what she wants to do. She wants to spend the day with me at the uh, Harry Potter land of <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Harry Potter land, but it's a, it's a, going to be a quick turnaround, but it's important, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, live your lives, you know, work is important, uh, but I'm at the point in my career and my life where work um, still consumes a great deal of my time and effort, but I see my grandkids just growing up so quickly. And, and you know, I, I, I didn't miss too much of my children's growing up. I was a very present kind of mom. But my grandchildren live all over the country, but far away from me. And so prior to COVID, um, if you were listening to me back in those days, I would go out to California like five times a year, six times a year. But of course, COVID came and there was no trip to California. And and subsequent to COVID, you know, once you learn that, you know, everybody still loves you if you're not there all the time, you, your trips slow down. So I do want Derek's daughter to have a special birthday. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make the effort. I'll you'll you'll hear me on Monday, and you'll hear me on Thursday. But Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm doing like. Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't have any idea what that entails. I have, you know, seen a Harry Potter movie uh, maybe once. I read out loud to my grandson Benjamin Harry Potter books, but I have no idea what will happen in Harry Potter's world. And my granddaughter told me that I'm a Raven's 
something and she's a huffin' puffin'. I don't even know what we are, but we're a bunch of <laughs> names that I don't know. It's awfully funny. And and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful again that uh that I have the ability, that I have the wherewithal, that I have the funding to be able to do those things. And actually that I have enough points on my JetBlue card is really what it boils down to. <laughs> um, but so this weekend was meant to be like, a you know, the weekend before the crazy weekend where I have to prepare to go. And it turned out to be a crazy weekend as well. You know, I... <laughs> I did do something that I'm awfully proud of. I tell you what went on during my week and weekend because you're such an intimate part of my life. Uh, but I I installed, actually, I, I feel almost guilty saying I installed it since it required zero installation, really. A pet door, a legitimate pet door in my sliding glass screen door that goes out to my patio um, I had sort of fabricated a fake one for a long time so that my cats could go out to the patio to, uh, you know, use their litter boxes. But it just was kind of creeping me out. I, you know, just uh, MacGyvered it. It didn't look normal or nice or anything like that. And I have this one cat, Jacob, who is so fat that he could no longer fit through this Rube Goldberg job that I had done to the door. The cat is so fat. He looks like a, a like a, a another animal, a, a Maine coon cat or something, or or, or an ocelot. Or <laughs> he's just a bobcat. I, he's gigantic. I, I have no idea what his his mother was a little tiny cat. I, anyway, so he no longer fit through the jaw. The the sort of pre-made. I did it by myself with plywood and all kind of duct tape, you know, that no longer worked. So I saw something online and I ordered it and it's divine. It's actually made for a dog because my cat's too fat to go through a little door. The other two cats are fine, but Jacob is just, he's a monster. So I installed it yesterday, if you could call it installing. Um, I pushed it in the corner and I closed the door and it worked. So I'm really happy, very proud of myself. It looks entirely better. I can now like draw my curtains and everything. Small things make me very happy. You have to understand that. You know, I don't, I don't need much to be happy. Um, little things do wonders for me. I wanted to talk about so many different things today. You know, all of a sudden we have uh, a new mandate by our government that Oh, okay, I know everybody's waiting for me to address this, the elephant in the room, so let, let me do that first and not have to take up any more time later on in the show. First and foremost, two things. Congratulations to Club 45, which renamed itself Club 47. I'm down with that. I'm a happy camper. But then let me address the fact that all of these softball interviews that are now going to be taking place with Ron DeSantis, our governor, as he goes on this book tour, and as, of course, he gears up for what people have talked him into doing, which is, you know, declaring a candidacy for the presidency. And I thought that the one person that wouldn't softball him would be Levin on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. 
I'm just going to say what my reaction to it was. I watched the first five minutes and then I felt compelled to leave the room. Uh, Billy was still going to watch it for a while. I went into my bedroom, ate uh, uh, like a trail mix and watched old episodes of Law and Order. Does that tell you everything you need to know? I know the story of Ron DeSantis. I know how uh, attractive and appealing a candidate he is to so many of you. I am not discounting your desires. I'm just telling you that my country is on the verge of disintegrating, turning into uh, a third world country at best, but maybe even worse, maybe just disappearing off the face of the earth. doesn't appear in the Bible, so that could happen. So I, I just, you know... I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate any of these conversations about anybody else. If Donald Trump does not get elected in 2024, we're in deep doo-doo. You know, there's nobody who can unravel the mess that Joe Biden has made out of this country, the mess that Nancy Pelosi after, for the first two years, made out of this country, this this nonsense that's going on at every level of government. It's despicable. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, the, the list is starting to grow. I see Mike Pence appearing every five minutes on some show. Look, the more people jump into this primary, the better for Donald Trump. I've said that all along. He is the terminator when it comes to primaries, okay? So let them all jump in. Plus, what it guarantees is that all of the views that I think have been ignored for the last, uh, you know, two and a half years will again become front and center. The border, for instance. But there's nobody going to be able to stand on a stage with Donald Trump and talk about border policy better than he can. He's got a record. We understand that even if Ann Coulter is still, you know, you know, pretending that he did nothing, he did more than anyone else. More than anyone will be able to other than him. Because he didn't care if you called him a racist and he didn't care if everybody fell even in his own party. So the elephant in the room is, do you want to have a Republican president in 2024 or not? Because if the answer is, well, it doesn't really matter, or your answer is, well, I think Ron DeSantis, or I think, uh, you know, Vic Pence, uh, I think they have a better chance of winning. I think uh, we have to go with someone who doesn't arouse the passions of the public. So let me tell you something. If we don't get the public aroused right now, I don't know what happens, but it won't be good. And I can tell you this. All of these other candidates so far that have presented themselves, they don't stand a snowball's chance in hell of winning an election. I don't care what national book tours they go on. I don't care how compelling their personal story is. The rest of the country looks at them and says, I don't know who that is. What, what, I don't know. Florida? Did a lot of people die in Florida? Trust me when I tell you this. If you want a Republican White House, you better stop fooling around and you better get serious about 47 because 47 is going to be, 45 is going to be 47 or else we're, we're doomed.
doomed. And I'm not ready to, to give up. I, I will tell you this. I will seriously, seriously, seriously have to consider if Donald Trump does not get the nomination, I think it might be time for me to uh, hang up the microphone because I will be so, I, I won't want to report on what I think is going to happen to this country. I, I won't want to say it out loud. It'll be hard enough to watch. Uh, but I'll be watching it off the grid from some remote place that I'm not going to even tell you where it is so that none of you can follow me there. <laughs> but I'm going to try to stay safe. I was even thinking about getting some of those, like, you know, uh, Patriot Supply meals that Dan Bongino is always talking about, but then somebody let me taste one. Uh-uh. No, I'd rather starve. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying that Dan Bongino's brand isn't good, but it was another brand that I tasted, but... I just, you know, uh, all I kept thinking was when I was trying to eat it and not make my friend feel bad for having served it to me, uh, all I kept thinking is, you're in the army now, you're not behind the plow, you'll never get rich by digging a ditch, you're in the army now. I, I have no idea how I know that song or what part of my life it's uh, reflective of, but uh, that's what that, you know, thing that the, my friend gave me to eat made me think. Anyway, don't forget, we got a lot going on, got all kinds of contests going on, but the only way you're going to win these contests is if you either go to the website, 850wftl.com, or if you download our News Talk 850 app. Either way, you get rewarded when you listen, and we've got Jupiter Lighthouse tickets, a pair of tickets for a sunset tour at Jupiter Lighthouse. You get to climb all the way to the top and take in the spectacular sunset. You have to enter to win either on the app or at 850wftl.com. So see that you do that. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. So, Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The reason I get so upset about it all is because you guys have no idea all of the garbage that has been put in place by this administration. We now have... 30 days, the, all government agencies have 30 days to establish an agency equity team. What does that mean? They have to conduct proactive engagement with members of underserved communities through culturally and linguistically appropriate listening sessions. Joe Biden created a White House Steering Committee on Equity composed of senior officials who will coordinate the government's sweeping efforts to promote this crap. This is crap. By advancing equity, the federal government doesn't support and empower all Americas. No, it's the opposite. What happened to equal? I want to be equal. I don't want to be uh, equitate. I don't even know what the word is. 
this whole idea, he, he had all those equity-related executive orders which uh, extended or strengthened all these equity-advancing requirements. That's why we got airplanes uh, crashing because, you know, we didn't have enough pilots who were women and we didn't have enough pilots who were black and we didn't have enough pilots who were Hispanic and we didn't have enough pilots who were Asian, uh, you know, dwarfs with, uh, you know, same-sex preferences. Because you know why? I only want pilots who know how to fly planes. I really don't care what color their skin is or what gender they are or what gender they sleep with. I just don't care. I don't find anybody, um, you know, less important than anybody else. But when I get on an airplane, I really don't want to be now thinking like, oh my God, I hope this pilot is the best they could find and not just somebody that filled the equity uh, spot in their stupid agency. We're not going to get better outcomes. You know, that's what Joe Biden keeps saying. We'll have better outcomes if we have, uh, you know, more equity. No, we won't. We won't have better outcomes. We have the best outcomes when we're a meritocracy, when we believe that the best and the brightest should get the, you know, win the prize. And this all goes back to when my kids were little and they wanted everybody to get a participation trophy. And I said to uh, the coaches and the schools and everything, I said, no, 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 no. I don't want my child to be given a participation trophy. If my child does not excel or does not win the race, then they don't get a trophy, okay? Just because they ran the race. No, 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 no. What will inspire people to do better, to win? other than to do better and win. You can't, you can't keep touting this stuff and think we're going to have the best, best of anything. You're not. You're, you're going to have the most mediocre of everything. Additionally, the director of the White House Office of Management and Budget, now we're talking the OMB, okay? This is pretty important, right? Is going to update directives to support equitable decision-making. What does that mean? Promote equitable deployment of financial and technical assistance. I know what that means. And assist agencies in advancing equity as appropriate and wherever possible. This is important because OMB plays a pivotal role in government by developing and executing the federal budget, overseeing federal agencies and executive branch operations, and coordinating all significant federal regulations. The new order also includes a blueprint to make equity part of the federal budget. Please, 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 please support Donald Trump. Please, please, before they completely destroy this country. Equity, equity. And he's bragging about it. Biden's bragging, my presidency is the most diverse in our nation's history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a guy in charge of nuclear waste who dresses up in ladies' clothes that he steals at airports. I don't need this kind of diversity. I don't need Rachel Levine standing there. Is that her name? Whatever, that admiral. Standing there looking like a... a, a, a I don't even know how to describe She She doesn't look like a drag queen because drag queens are beautiful. You know, the the problem with some of this, uh, you know, transgender movement is you don't have to really even look beautiful. You just have to look like you, you know, you just have to put a dress on. You don't have to really look good in it. It's a nightmare. The world is looking at this. You know, the world looks at 
Jean Pierre, Karine Jean Pierre. Look, I, I I never I never you know was particularly fond of Jen Jen Psaki because uh, I disagree with her on so many things, but. Jen Psaki at least knew how to deliver a press conference without looking at notes the entire time and then misreading the notes at that and without uh, needing to say every third sentence, uh, we have the most diverse uh, administration ever. Look how diverse we are. Look at me, I'm diverse. And look at that one, he's diverse. And look at that one, they're diverse. As if that meant anything to the, to the population. Somebody yelled at me about that. I really am trying to uh, be conscious of that and hit the button, but it's not easy. Many key federal agencies have taken major steps to implement racial equity. The Department of Justice has formulated a strategy to advance equity for marginalized and underserved communities. What does that mean? They just keep saying it over and over again to avoid unwarranted disparities. So let me get this right. We don't want unwarranted disparities, right, when it comes to criminality, right? We don't want more marginal communities to have more arrests or uh, uh, more bad encounters with the police. Okay, I, I, I understand that. We should be working on that, right? But do we also believe that Asian kids who excel should be punished because they're Asian? Is that not the exact definition of racism? Yeah, it is. But see, somehow I'm expected to believe that the Department of Labor, which has dedicated $260 million to promote equitable access to government unemployment benefits, by addressing disparities in the administration and delivery of money by race, ethnicity, and language proficiency. What on earth are they talking about? So in other words, if you cannot apply for such benefits, they are now going to make sure that they provide you with what, a translator? I mean, you come to my country, you got nothing, including... You probably have very few skills and very little education. And now, in order for you to access my taxpayer dollars in the form of benefits, I need to provide you with a translator? I need to make sure that you can have unemployment benefits because you're not working? I paid for my unemployment benefits. I don't know about the rest of you, but I've been paying into unemployment uh, for my entire career as have all of my employers. And when I was an employer, I paid both sides. Okay, when I was self-employed, I paid both sides of that equation. Now, let me tell you how many dollars I have taken from the Unemployment Compensation Fund in America. Zero, zero. I have never collected an unemployment check in my entire life, but I have consistently paid into it. Do you really expect me to be okay with the fact that you're now going to provide my money money that I sent to the government in case one day I was unemployed or somebody uh, who else who was a deserving American citizen who'd been making similar payments all of their working career in case they needed unemployment. And now you tell me you're going to make sure that people get more of it if they're the right color or they, uh, or they can't speak English well. 
they, they appointed the first racial equity chief, a veteran La Raza official who spent a decade at the most influential open borders group in the country ever. The DOD is using outrageous anti-bias materials that literally indoctrinate our troops with anti-American, racially inflammatory training on all kinds of diversity topics. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has an equity commission to address longstanding inequities in agriculture. Could somebody help me out here? What kind of inequities in agriculture are they finding? And don't forget, the nation's medical research agency has a special minority health and health disparities division that issued a study declaring COVID-19 exacerbated pre-existing resentment against racial, ethnic minorities, and marginalized communities. What? A study says that it exacerbated our resentment? I don't even know what that means. We really need Donald Trump to win. Please, guys, listen to me. It's, it's going to get worse, much, much, much worse. And there's really not much hope. Otherwise, sigh. Okay, let me take a break. I'll be right back. So today, uh, Representative Mike Waltz and uh, Chrissy Houlihan from Pennsylvania introduced bipartisan legislation to prohibit the Department of Defense from establishing or maintaining a junior ROTC program at any private school that's owned by a subsidiary company of the Chinese Communist Party. Firms with direct ties with the CCP are buying up American private schools. It is troublesome that our government has been supporting some of these schools financially, said Waltz. Our legislation would ensure that the Pentagon will no longer provide funding to these schools. Think about that just for a second, right? This has all been going on for the last, uh, you know, two and a half years. Everybody was emboldened to come after us. The the CCP has, uh, what, do, what do you call it? They got uh, police stations. <clears throat> They have police stations, and in these police stations, they are literally tracking down co communist Chinese dissidents, people that oppose communist China and that fled here. I just, I, I just, I'm so, I'm not afraid. I have to change the language that I use in describing this. I'm not afraid. I believe America is, is uh, you know, a, a very very, we're in deep trouble. Every time I try to frame this argument differently, I still come back to the fact that, you know, it is one thing to be a great governor, which is true. We have a great governor. It's an entirely other thing to be a great leader of the free world because you have to have fought some l major battles and you had to have won them. You can't, you know, you can't have, really you can't have many losses or any losses and win this kind of war. You know, my husband loves to watch the uh, various history channel stories and 
uh, now they're on numerous other stations, the Amazon Prime and Netflix. You know, I don't watch television, so I like walk through rooms where it's on, and I'm always I'm happiest if he's watching something with some historical pretext instead of more of this, you know, Vikings, which I guess is historical as well, but a lot of bloody battles. I just disturb my spirit, but he was he was watching something about uh, Caesar. Julius Caesar and these great generals. He had watched a thing about Alexander the Great and then this one about Julius Caesar. And I'm looking at all these things and I'm thinking, these were men who were single-minded in their purpose. They were great, great strategists. They had uh, you know, accomplished many things besides winning wars prior to winning wars. And, and that's a great thing. Um, they were kind of, uh, you know, down in the dirt generals that communed with their troops. They were not necessarily, you know, statesmanlike. So when people keep telling me that what we need is a Donald Trump with some gentle genteelness, and, you know, I just got an email that confirms what I'm thinking, then I say to my, I say to them and I say to myself, so you just want to lose, right? Because, you know, I've been down this genteel road before, right? It was how many times you're going to drag the Republican Party or you're going to drag the conservative people like me or the American people in their entirety into these genteel debates? How did that, how did that work out, right? You know, we ended up with Obama. And then when, when we ended up with a Republican, it was like he wasn't any different than a Democrat. You know, look, I, I don't, I don't uh, you know, despise George Bush, you know, either. Uh, I don't think he was a very good president, but he was genteel. That's right. He was, he termed himself, in case you've all forgotten, because I will never forget, and it's why I didn't vote for him either time, a compassionate conservative, as though people like me were not compassionate. You know, those of us who called ourselves conservatives lacked compassion. I can make the case for how conservatism is the only compassionate philosophy or th theology. Because, you see, if you're a true conservative, you believe that each individual is created by a God and should be sovereign. And in the coming together as a country, there should be unity based on like-mindedness. Not all of this uh, from a melting pot into a salad bowl. How's that working for us? It's not. All that civility that I saw, well, we'll, we'll run Bob Dole. Bob Dole's the most civil Republican in the whole world. Yeah, great war hero. You know, thank you very much for your service. And what kind of uh, a campaign did he run for presidency? Come on, guys. Or the 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 maverick himself, John McCain. You know, the, I did, I admit, I voted for Sarah Palin, which meant I voted for John McCain. But, uh, you know, John McCain... He was civil when he wanted to be civil. He was civil when he was hanging around with his Democrat friends, which he had lots of, right? I don't want that. I need somebody who's going to get right up in the face of everybody and say, no, 
No, I'm not. I'm not allowing you know Chinese police stations in New York City. They gotta go now. Close them down. You know what do we have federal law enforcement for? To chase parents at school board meetings or to shut down the CCP? So thank you, Congressman Waltz, for saying we shouldn't be funding private schools that are being bought up by China. What is wrong with us? And why are we still looking for, you know, oh, we, we want it to be a civil debate this time. A civil debate is, does anybody really want to try and tell me how civil the likes of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are or even were during previous debates? There was no civility. Joe Biden isn't civil. He's an angry old man who slaps his hand and shouts and 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 sometimes he whispers and and is inappropriate with young ladies you know what where's the civility or the civility of a, a jeb bush uh, you know not for nothing um in full disclosure he he did you know give my my kid a, a chance to be an intern one summer in the legal department in the environmental law department and you know it was a good thing for my kid to have that opportunity but my kid deserved it man it's not like he gave it to some loser my kid was a a, a, a student at, at at harvard or yale law school at the time it's not like joe uh, jeb bush did me a big favor jeb uh, exclamation point and he didn't do it for me anyway. He did it for a friend of mine. But be that as it may, <clears throat> these are the civil Republicans. You know, uh, Ron DeSantis. He, he's, he's literally being pushed forward by some of the most unsavory people who have given us the Bushes and given us the Doles and given us the McCains. And, and actually, it isn't far-fetched to think that he is being promoted by Democrats. Yeah, yeah, because they know they can beat him. That's just the reality. Because guess what? Intellectuals, you know, the, this whole concept, well, we want this guy, he's got Harvard educated and, and Yale, he went to Yale undergrad and Harvard Law School, come on, we want to show how, how conservatives can be brilliant students and, oh, and then he was in the military, oh my gosh, come on, we can't find anybody with a better profile, right? Mm -hmm. Guess what? I'm not looking for somebody with a better profile. I'm looking for somebody who, who, who will not just drain the swamp, but we'll, you know, toss those swamp creatures into the garbage where they belong. I don't need this week's flavor of the month. I need somebody who did it before and wants to do it again. Lord have mercy, I don't know why he wants to do it again. I really don't. You know, and if somebody's going to tell me, well, it's because he's so narcissistic and he's so egotistical, take a look at this interview with Mark Levin last night and tell me about narcissistic and egotistical, okay? Or any of the interviews that uh, uh, Governor DeSantis or Nikki Haley or, or Vivak Ramaswamy, any of them, you got to be a narcissist and you got to be, um, you know, an egomaniac to even attempt this. But can you back it up? And when people say to me, well, you know, well, Governor DeSantis got a record now. He's running on his record in Florida. Well, guess what? You know, this is still the South. And yes, you can do those things here. But go to Washington. Go up to Washington and try to do those things. 
Good luck. Try to get elected in, in, in Oregon. Try to get elected in Arizona. Try to get elected in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Try to get elected even in New York, in upstate New York. You better be a bull in a china shop because that's what it's going to take. You better be able to get people to turn up at rallies and chant USA, 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 because if you can't do that, you don't stand a prayer, not a single prayer. I know that. I've known that for decades, which is why I was so on board when I saw Donald Trump emerge. I said, hmm, this could work. And then it did. It did, and everybody was shocked, except me and Coulter at the time, and a few others. There was nothing shocking to me about a candidate who spoke directly to the American people who the elites never want to speak to. You know, uh, uh, Ron is now uh, running around the country going to all of these, uh, you know, fundraisers and everything else being, you know, this... Uh, if, if this very effective governor uh, and a very civil guy can conduct a debate without uh, you know, using name-calling. Good luck. Good luck. If you guys get your way, those of you who are constantly telling me about this, by the way, I'm going to have my friend Howard Galganov on the air with me on Thursday in the studio. Uh, he's the only person who is probably as adamant as I am that uh, when I'm looking to, to, uh, you know, uh, to, to clear the the fetid water out of my basement, I need a plumber. I don't need a Harvard-educated lawyer. Just saying. Just saying. I need a construction worker in a hard hat who's done it before. I need somebody who could care less what uh, George Stephanopoulos thinks of him <laughs> or, or Don Lamont. Um, that's what I need. That's what you need. That's what this country needs. So stop messing around. You know, you're making a lot of noise. If it's just noise, fine. But if you, if you, if you guys screw this up for me, and America, I will be very unforgiving. And definitely go home and write a book and not do this anymore. All right, let me uh, remind you. Dan Bongino's coming up at one o'clock. Then at uh, four o'clock, Ben Shapiro. Six o'clock, the WPTV local news, and Jen and Bill will be back in the morning. For now, just stay right where you are. I have one more segment left to finish. Still working on my my Malcolm X piece. I'm just not, I can't seem to finish it. Every, I keep going down these rabbit holes. And, uh, you know, I, I, do, I just want to do it right. I very seldom do these special pieces. So I'm trying my hardest to make sure that I get it right. And, uh, and that's taking me more time than I thought. I have not forgotten. Oh, gosh. Fascists and haters and bigots. Oh, my. Fascists and haters and bigots. Oh, my. You know, uh, CRT and, and these little kids reading out of books that they found in their middle schools about same-sex sex, not just like, oh, how did this happen? You know, when, when were we like all asleep or, you know, were we on drugs? What what happened? You know, we've demonized parents being parents and we've elevated the most, uh, you know, really shameless 
stuff ever. And that's why, look, you know, I need somebody who's going to stand up and call it out and say, no, 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 we're not, we're not tolerating this critical race theory being taught to make some people feel bad and other people to, I don't even think it makes other people feel good. It just makes them angry, right? When you keep telling people, well, you're, you know, your problems are all because uh, you're not being treated fairly, they just get angry. And then you tell the other people, well, and it's really your fault because people just like you, people who look like you didn't treat the other people right. How does that help? It doesn't help. And then they they tap dance around it and they lean over backwards and they try to get you to believe that somehow uh, you're insensitive or you're ridiculous or whatever. You know, and and I'm looking at the headlines right now. The courage to be free. Ron DeSantis touts his leadership. Oh, Trump is being outmaneuvered. Yeah. Good luck with that. If you believe that, then you don't know much. Or you have not been watching politics for as long as I have or as closely as I have. Because I can tell you right now, you can't outmaneuver them. This is a, first and foremost, I would tell you this. He should have held back all this stuff, Mr. Governor DeSantis, because this will all have been forgotten. When the primary debates happen and Donald Trump just tramples over all of them. All right. Uh, these East Palestine residents, I don't know about the rest of you, but my heart breaks. See, I don't feel sorry for the marginalized people who are coming to this country across the border desperately seeking and can't speak English to collect welfare. That, that does not move my heart. But uh, these people who are having trouble breathing in East Palestine, Ohio, they break my heart. Half of them sound like Mickey Mouse. Do you see this guy? He was on one of the news stations. It wasn't Fox. It was a different, like NBC or something. Sounded like he'd been inhaling helium. Doctors say, I definitely have the chemicals in me, but there's no one in town who can run the toxicological test to find out which ones they are. I mean, come on. What does he have to do to get some attention here, to get FEMA down there? And yet... This is how American people are. This guy was picking up cases of water and delivering them to people around the, the neighborhood. Yeah. Can you imagine how frustrated these people must be? They can't get real information. They can't get help. I saw a photograph of a school uh, water fountain that was locked, right? So they locked the school water fountain and then told everybody, but you can go home and drink the water and you can bathe in the water and you can this and that and the other thing. And meanwhile, they had to, you know, maybe be a little more worried that they'd get sued if these kids got sick. It's just, Erin Brockovich was down there. I thought that I hadn't seen her in a long, long time. And she was on, I think, with uh, uh, Tucker Carlson the other night. You know, she's there and she goes, are you kidding me? This is horrific. They, they know what's happening to them. They know that that chemical fire was damaging. They also know that now there is a psychic toll that's been taken on them. These people have families. 
One woman was crying at the meeting. Her 91-year-old widowed grandmother tried to clean the chemicals off the furniture in the house she's lived in for 56 years before giving up and moving to a hotel room where she can't even sleep at night. They got rashes. They got sore throats when they went back home. This is a, They got cre creeks that still ripple with that rainbow color of contamination if you throw a rock or you use a stick like uh, J.D. Vance did, the senator. My fiancé was so sick, I almost took him to the hospital. Not only am I fighting for my family's life, but I feel like I'm fighting for the whole town's life. When I'm walking around hearing these stories, they're not from people, they're from my family. They're from my friends that I've grown up with. People are desperate. We're dying slowly. They're poisoning us slowly. And so far, President Trump was there. And I think for you know 20 minutes, Secretary Pete Buttigieg was there. But President Biden has much more important things to do, like go to the Ukraine and give taxpayer dollars to Zelensky while people in our backyard are dying. I mean, you look at these images of the fish, that 43,000 different types of marine animals were killed. 43,000 different species were killed. But you want the people to drink the water? One family put a skeleton probably saved from Halloween, on a chair in their front porch with a sign that said, we're fine. It's just, it's beyond. It's beyond my understanding. We've, we've, we, I heard Stephen Lester, a Harvard-trained toxicologist, who said, these are dangerous, dangerous chemicals, and that controlled burn was a real mistake. But don't worry, they voted for Trump anyway. And they're going to vote for him again and again and again. And so am I. I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us was tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And may God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America. Pray for your people, American citizens in East Palestine. And, uh, you know, we don't wish anything bad for Ukraine, but let's take care of our own. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.